It is the 57th podcast of the week on NASportsPage.com. You got two yesterday. You got one on Thursday. I don't even know what today is, but we're here for the D1 Bracketology podcast, and it's brought to us by our friends at Core Physicians. Who? How many How many locations do they have, Dave Haley? A, a thousand, right? Over 15, yes. Well over 15, I believe. And uh, Core Physicians, uh, again, has uh, been uh, a terrific sponsor of ours and all the coverage that we've been providing lately. We have so much good content on this website that – I'll write a preview, and then by the end of the next day, I can't even you find have, it on my own website. Page four to find stuff from it's Thursday. Ri- it's ridiculous. Yeah. I got a D two preview coming out tomorrow morning on a Sunday morning. We don't usually have those on Sunday, but and then we got two scouting reports for the D three and the D four semifinals on Monday night. Um, and Core Physicians, uh, who has a terrific reputation across the state, is uh, has really uh, been a huge supporter of what we're doing, and we're really excited to be their partners. So uh, Core Physicians, as you can see, all over and as we get into division one uh and division two they are a huge supporter of the seacoast school so we'll be seeing a lot of them because i think a lot of them including the guy on the phone might be doing uh some work here in the next week or so so and that guy on the phone is jay mckenna we have a surprise for you dave uh jay and i are actually going to spend the first 15 minutes talking about third wave ska so if you if you need to go down to the store for anything Everybody, just take your finger, move it ahead on your phones, and then you'll get to. We're going to start with less than Jake. Check it at the 14-minute mark and see if they're still talking about it. Little Ben's Fold 5 for you, too? That's that's not Scott, Dave. That's That's uh, not Scott. No, come on. Maybe you should listen in. Who knows? So, so Jay, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm very good. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. How many years has Jay been the D1 bracketologist, Dave, for you? That's a good question, Jay McKenna. How long have you been? Uh, That is a really good question. I don't know, six, seven? Maybe longer. Yeah, I feel like I feel like uh, Don Lamprey's been the man behind the man with this whole thing, though, right? Oh, without a, without yeah, a doubt. Yeah, no question at all. Everyone what, needs one of those. What, what I found out is, yeah, it's the assistant coaches do the bulk of the work when it comes to like the bracketology. Like Spencer Coronas, I think, had the slide rule out for uh, for Camper the other day. And uh, yeah, he's yeah. Uh, Don's a, a very bright man who who is very good at this, and he's. He's got it down, so he get about two weeks out. He's already starting to move uh, the chess pieces around the board, so to speak, in terms of trying to figure out who's playing who. So, yeah. um, once again, he he came through with his expertise, and uh, I think we I think we've got it right. So, one thing that may, has made this more difficult, you used to. I remember when Pete and I would do the two shows back to back on those weeks. You always had the easiest job back then because everybody played each other one time when there were 19 teams in the division. That's not the case anymore. And what it's done is, you know, the schedules are not equal anymore. Uh, And you've got, you know, Wyndham played Timberlane twice, Concord, as I've mentioned, you know, didn't play. Winnicott, Exeter, or Portsmouth. And I I was doing some research, and I found that all three of those are pretty good teams. So it, it sort of has been for, you know, I've heard a lot of coaches around the division just say, hey, like, this doesn't seem – let me put it this way. And I didn't actually hear from these coaches, so I don't want to sell them down the river. But I think Dover has a, a, a gripe, you know, about the schedule that they played compared to some other teams. But uh, I just think it's unfortunate because it used to be set up so perfectly when everyone played each other one time. It was, it was great. I agree. I mean, it, it it makes you know this job of uh, bracketology, uh, bracketologist, uh, you know, a little bit more challenging. But to the bigger issue is is that is a conversation. You know, you, you know, you talk to coaches as as you travel around the state and play different teams, and and this is something that's being brought up. Um, I don't know what the answer to it is. If you you know you 
you add more games, you play everyone once, or, or how it's, you know, do you weight different games? You know, Maine uses the heel point. I know we've experimented with that in New Hampshire, but, you know, in, until that, something like that's put in place or we decide to play everyone, I think this is it, it's just an ongoing conversation. Yeah. Right now there's 22 teams. Is anybody coming up next year that we know of, Dave? Or no. going down? Or No. No, it's going to stay the same next no. year, so. Yeah, there, there needs to be... Iris uh, Spalding's trying to reclassify down. Oh, how dare you. <laughs> Speaking of which, the Spalding girls, Final Four, baby! How about that, huh? First time in school history. They're being sent back up to D1 next year, by the way. That's that's fact. They're going to they're gonna <laughs> oh, make, make a little noise before they yeah. get there, yeah. That's yeah, right. Yeah, good my, for them. My Guilford Golden Eagles on the Final Four, too, as uh, you may have seen. So I didn't hear a thing about that. I did hear that. It was a good game last night. <laughs> um... So, uh, so Jay, let's do the uh, let's go one through so fifteen for people um, that maybe weren't aware. Fifteen teams to make the tournament. Uh, Dover was that sixteenth, right, Jay? I don't have it in front. Yes, of me. yes. So Dover, and listen, I- I'm gonna go both sides of the coin for my good friends Matt Fennessy and, and my buddy Mike Lynch over at Dover. They did play a tougher schedule than a lot of teams. I think Dover would be a scary team to play right now. Uh, they also did lose to Timberlane in a game that yeah. you know they got to take care of business. Like if they beat Timberlane, they're in the tournament. So, you know, as is always the case, even like game to game, you know, maybe a call goes against you, but there's also other things you did to kind of get it to that point. So, just to be fair on both sides of it, you know, that's that's my take. Uh, Mike Lynch has uh, just deleted your number right after you said that. Jay, <laughs> Jay, Jay's smart enough not to touch that one with a temple pole. So anyway, so uh, let's go one through fifteen, Jay, uh, and then we'll after that we'll get to the specific matchups. Sure. So here's what we got: we have Exeter with a record of seventeen and one. They obviously get the top seed. Portsmouth uh, at fifteen and two. They come in at number two. Uh, then you had a a, a tie. With two teams at 14 and 4, both North and BG with 14 wins, four losses. So it goes to the head to head to determine who gets the, the three and who falls into the four. So North beat BG in the head to head. So North is the three, BG is the four. Uh, at the next two spots, the five, six, you also had two teams with identical records at 12 and 6, that being Keene and Merrimack. Um, Keene beat Merrimack, so Keene therefore gets the five, and Merrimack is the six. Keene is the five. What a job by Kevin Ritter. Just pausing for a moment. You know what I mean? Like that program. Oh, was, absolutely. That program they, was down, down, down for mm-hmm. years and years and years. And and give a credit to all those kids over there. That you know Noah Timmer and Liam Johnston, and they've been terrific. Alex Charles, but man, uh, Kevin Ritter's done a terrific job over there. It's it's great to see Keene uh, doing what they're doing. Yeah, he he has done a fantastic job. I mean, he's got. Some very talented kids, but make no mistake, they, they run great offense. Their, their defensive schemes are tough. Um, they switch it up on you a lot. They trap. Um, they really keep you on your toes. So unless you have really, you know, unless you're really on top of it with your guard play, you know, you're going to turn it over. That's just, you know, it's just going to happen, especially if you're playing over there. Always a challenging place to play. So that was another one of those teams that you heard you know, in the last couple of weeks, a lot of coaches saying, we do not want to go to Keene. Mark, They're playing really well, and that's a tough road trip. Mark, Mark Elmendorf said, from Bedford said that to me after they, they, they won that close game with you guys that I covered. He said, we do not want to go to Keene, and uh, they're not. Uh, but uh, anyway, we'll keep going through. But anyway, congratulations sure. to Keene. Yeah, uh, Kevin's a great guy. He does a great job. The next three uh, teams finished at 11-7. and seven. That included us. Um, so Bedford was 11-7. and seven. We finished with the same record as did South. So you look at how we did when we played each other. Unfortunately, all 
three teams competed against each other. So in that tie break, Bedford beat both us and South. So they would get the seven. Then you look at the head-to-head between us and South. We beat South, so we would get the eight. South gets the nine. Um, then we had four teams at nine and nine. Yeah, this um, was the Albert. only real confusing part. Yeah, I think was this. Part. Yeah, and this I even had a conversation with a coach this morning about this. And so when you looked at that, it included um, Goffstown, Wyndham, Salem, Alvern. So again, you you look at. Fortunately, they played. They all played each other, which made it far easier than if if you know they had varied schedules in terms of you know their common opponents with each other. Alvern beat Goffstown, Wyndham, and Salem, so they went 3-0. and Goffstown went 2-1 and against the competition. Wyndham went 1-2. and Salem went 0-3 against those, those teams. So, therefore, Alvern ends up in 10, Goffstown ends up in 11, Wyndham at 12, Salem at 13. Then the last two teams, we had both Concord and Central, both at 8-10. and Concord beat Central in the head-to-head, so therefore Concord is the 14 and Central is the 15. Okay. And there's your 15. There was some, like I said, there was some, I had a conversation today about that four-way tie and how exactly do you break that. But as far, and, I, and I've talked to a couple other coaches um, this morning about it, and they agreed with, with that same sort of, uh, you know, tie-break system. That, that They had the same seating as, as we did. So you're going to get a, a rematch of last year's exciting first-round game, huh? Which one? Portsmouth Central? Yeah. Um, wow. I don't know if Central is... Uh... Okay, so let's, well, let's do that because I want to go through every matchup. I like doing that. So, sure. Jay, let's go through the matchup starting. Uh, so e- Exeter with the bye. McIsaac and I aren't going to make the bye joke. We've done so many podcasts. Listen, we're moving I, We're moving away from the bye joke. I don't, I, no? Bye? Right. No, we're not moving away. Bye has... I'll, no chance going to Exeter. By no has, chance. By has kids with terrible. I'm just going to say it with terrible attitudes. Uh, terrible. Listen, there's there's coaching issues. Kicking over water bottles. Kid and, issues. There's parental issues. Yeah, with, with, there's with a with lot of parental issues. No question. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's something the NHIAA needs to address. This by team, I, it, it needs to be addressed. That's all I'm going to say. Four different parents from by were escorted out of gymnasiums this year. So <laughs> seems to be a trend. All right, so let's go Thank to. Thank you. Uh, Appreciate that. Let's go. The, let's go. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I kind of enjoyed it. Yeah, see? Uh, uh, <laughs> nice job. Well You're done. right. You're right. All right, let's go, Jay, with the matchups. So uh, I guess I'll just go right down. You know, in the first, you have Portsmouth play Central. Um, North, you know, in the three fourteen game, North will play Concord. In the four thirteen, you have BG playing Salem. That's interesting. In the 5-12, the you have Keene and uh, Wyndham. Mm-hmm. In the 6 Versus eleven, Merrimack in Goffstown. In the seven versus ten, you have Bedford versus Alvern, and then uh, in the eight nine, you have Winnicunit. We are playing South. So here are my quick thoughts, and then I want to obviously know what you guys think sure. as well. So Portsmouth, I just think right now is just clicking, and they're playing absolutely terrific. Uh, John, you know, John Mulvey couldn't say enough good things about Coleman Brewster and Cal Hewitt, and everybody in that lineup can shoot. They can switch defensively, uh, usually because they've got pretty good size across the board. I, I think they're going to be uh, a lot too much for Central. Uh, Nashua North, uh, Concord's kind of sputtering at the end a little bit here, and and, and Nashua North, I, I think they're a Final Four team. BG Salem is a very interesting, very interesting game. I've been saying this all season long, and. When you guys give your thoughts, I'll bet you you echo this. Uh, Rob McLaughlin's done a great job. And the team that I I was joking with you guys 
before the call about like my top ten the preseason and how I did with it, and I, I did all right. I missed on BG, so and they let me know about it early and often. But uh, BG's <laughs> been tremendous. I like those kids, and uh, I don't mind a little ribbing when I get it wrong. So BG's been terrific. They're so big. We'll, we'll talk about them, but they're such an impressive team. Keen Wyndham, I mean. I love Keen. That's kind of a scare. I don't know. E.J. Perry going up there and Joey De Silva. That, that's an interesting matchup there. I think they just played like last week. Uh, the, they played last night. Oh, it was last night. Okay. They played last night. And, yeah. yeah. So uh, Merrimack, <laughs> Goffstown. I already made the joke with Ryan Cowett, so we'll make it again. First one to 38 wins. Congratulations. <laughs> They'll just end the game right there. Merrimack and Goffstown, that thing's going to be just a slobber knocker. Uh, 7-10 is a really good game with Bedford and Alvern. Alvern has really come on the second half of the season. Bedford has been consistent throughout. That's a really, really good game, as you expect. And, of course, your game with South, uh, it's a 50-50 game. I'd give you guys, you know, 52-48 advantage in my mind because you're at home, but that's a a very, very good game. What what are your thoughts when you look at it, Jay? Yeah, I think, you know, you and I have some similar thoughts. I think – Portsmouth is playing really well. You know, we went and saw them play South last night, and, and you're exactly right. I mean, there's, they have two great players, and, and, you know, I think it starts with them with Cal Hewitt, and, and Brewster shoots it like crazy. But then last night you had, like, the Cummings kid who I, I don't know how many threes he had, but he, he was, uh, you know, shooting from great distance and just didn't seem to miss for a stretch. I think he had 24. Uh, yeah, I think he had 24. Yeah, you know, they, they and, and they play so hard and their defense is tough. They get after every loose ball. You don't get, you get very few easy baskets against sports, a Portsmouth defense. And the other thing that's so impressive about them is offensively, they don't make mistakes. They, they don't turn the ball over. They make their free throws. Um, they make their layups. They're just so fundamentally sound that it's, you know, it's hard to get any separation or it's hard to even, you know, create opportunities for yourself, extra opportunities when they're when they're when they do such take such good care of the basketball. You know, that that's a hard thing. I know Central is probably gonna want to get out and pressure them and run and trap and, and do those things. And so if you're playing against a team who doesn't turn it over, it makes it really difficult. You can you can find yourself behind pretty quick in, in a situation like that. Um, yeah, North and Concord, we didn't play Concord this year, so I'm not terribly familiar with them. I know some of their scores in the past few weeks have been um, somewhat surprising because we, you know, they did have a good season. Um, North is just incredibly talented, well coached. Um, they absolutely demolished us. They sh- they shot the ball extremely well that night, and and we could not, um, we couldn't hang with them. We couldn't score at <laughs> fast enough rate. So they're they're a very very good team and at number three is is yeah. you know that's that's a scary number three I would say there's would you agree their ceiling when, when they play their if everybody on the same night plays their best game possible I think Nashville North has as high a ceiling as any team in the state would you agree with that I would agree with that I, think I you would saw, absolutely I think you, agree with that I think you saw it in person unfortunately <laughs> we saw it I mean we went into that game they took um, 26 threes and, and we had, they're not a high volume three-point shooting team there you know there are some teams in our league that they're going to take 33s they're not one of those teams so if you told me that going into it that we that they took 26 threes against us i would have said hey that means you know we played a really good game we we got them out of their comfort zone but they made 15 of them (laughs) you know so (laughs) it's almost impossible to win if, if the the other team makes 15 threes so yeah i think their their potential is is what did Michael Jordan say? The ceiling is the roof, or the roof yeah. is the ceiling, or yeah. something like that. Um, yeah, they're they're Very supremely talented. Mm. 
Yes. Yet I still know what he meant. I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, B- and BG Salem, I, I, I think uh, that's a really interesting game, too, with what Rob's done over there. And kind of, they've had injuries. They lost to Minico for like four games with an injury, and they were still kind of able to scrap their way in there. And uh, they're playing well right now. They're, they're playing their best ball, I think, at the end of the season here. Salem is. Yeah, he always does such a good job, and those kids always defend. And it's they're one of those tough teams that they're they're because of their defense and their high level of focus and intensity. It you know they're tough to they're tough to put away, and, and they're tough to count out of any game really. Um, you know, BG they're big, they're they're athletic, but the thing that really struck us is how patient they were. You know, they they'd work the ball around for eight, nine, ten, twelve passes until they got the shot they wanted, and. They were very good at that, and their defense was tough. And um, they're, they're a good team. I think Coach Fisher's done a, a, a great job over there. And I, that's an interesting matchup, though, because Salem with Domenico, the way he can score, and, and they've got some other kids who are who can can play. It's definitely an interesting matchup. Yeah, I like that kid, Alex Dever, and uh, Adnan Aya. Yes. I want to make sure I'm saying it right, but he's been really good for them second half of the season. So Sa- Salem's been a team that kind of kids are starting to step up. You know, uh, taking on bigger roles in the second half of the season. You know, you notice that in the box scores, and you, you hear that talking from Rob and and Mike Ferentz is really, you know, a, a, a kid who can he has the size and athleticism to guard. Uh, you know, one of the big guys from BG, like a Dylan uh, Santasuso, or you know, or one of those guys. So, I think that's yeah, an and interesting he, game. The, the, that um, he's he's he can guard multiple positions. You know, he's just tough. He's athletic. He's strong, and he's smart. You know, he's been playing. Yeah. He played a huge role on that team last year that got to the Final Four. So yep. he, he's he's a competitor, and, and um, I think that that's a tough out. That's a tough out for BG. Yep. One of the uh, one of the things that's uh, just a neat quirk of the uh, tournament is either Keen or Wyndham is going to be able to, is going to be playing for a chance to go to the Final Four. Yeah. And and Wyndham hasn't been Division One that long, and Keen that was the last time they were you know in a position to get to the Final Four. So yeah. one of those teams is going to be in the quarterfinals. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, in Keene, you know, I, I, I wondered in the preseason, you know, I, I've said, I think they would have been top four if they had Tate Maddie back. He went to prep school, but look, at they finished fifth. Um, you know, and they went through the iron of the schedule. They played everybody, and, uh, boy, they've had a good season. So they, they play Wyndham. You know, Wyndham's issue is, has been the same for a couple of years. They, they have games where they can't score, and I feel like teams – Coaches, if they can take Joey De Silva away, uh, and he had a big game last night, I think. I think he had like 24, 26 against them. But if you can kind of neutralize him a bit by throwing extra defenders at him, they do struggle to score a little bit. Uh, and Keen can really, Keen can really score a lot of points. So that's that's something to kind of watch in that one. Yeah, that is, and De Silva, he's. You know, we thought we did a decent job guarding him, and he still had, I think he had twenty four against us. Yeah. He, but the thing that makes him so tough is that he can make contested shots. Yeah. So, you know, and and he can he's athletic enough, and he's he's clever enough where he can uh, create shots with a guy all over him. You know, he can rise above guys for threes, and I mean, he took some deep threes against us with a guy right on his shoe tops and knocked him down. So, but if if you know if he's not scoring, you know, where are the other points coming from? There's some other kids who are, are good players, but you don't have a kid that's going right. to step up and necessarily score twenty five or thirty. Yeah, for you. right. So if Keen and Keen Keen can score, they they. Yeah, they can. the way they run and trap, and they get out and transition, they they can put up a lot of points. If Keen's able to get to to Durham, they they would face uh, either by by my calculations here, they would face uh, Exeter. They lost to Exeter by six at Exeter, and they lost to North by six. Excuse me, Exeter or Winnicunit possibly. 
Yes. Oh, Thank you. Dude. <laughs> this whole podcast Thank was going you. great. No, that's, no, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming chalk here for the rest of it. I'm sorry, Jay. Come on. It would have been the greatest. It, it would have been the greatest moment in the history of our podcasting if Jay, if Jay McKenna just hung up the phone. <laughs> after, so. um, I am not discounting the Winnipeg uh, Warriors, uh, two of which are members of the I, Fighting McIsaac. Because you said I don't want to skip ahead too much, but because you brought up McIsaac, I'll say it, and uh, I believe. Exeter does not want to see Winnicunna in no. the quarterfinals. You're playing your arch rival. The Winnicunna kids are not going to be afraid of the Exeter kids. They know them. They play them in every sport. They've grown up with them. Uh, that's not the team you want. You want a team that doesn't know you very well and maybe a team you beat during yeah. the season. And uh, Winnicunna kids know that they can beat Exeter. So if I'm Exeter, I'm not, I'm not psyched about that bracket. And South is a scary team, too. That's a scary you know, whoever gets out of the, you know, the, not, the Winnicott and South game is... Yeah, it's a, not, that's not a layup draw for Exeter. New, No, 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 no. All right, so the next one is going in the order is Merrimack-Goffstown. Uh, Merrimack, Timmy, good. I don't, I don't know. We scrimmaged Goffstown, like, way back in December before the season started, and I'm not terribly familiar with them. I know, I know Ryan, and, and I know he does a great job. I've seen him on film a I couple times. when I when I've been watching them, I'm always watching who they're playing. So you know, in terms of scouting, so I'm not super familiar with their personnel. You know, Merrimack's tough. You know, Goodrich is one of the best year in year out. Those kids play so hard. They defend. Uh, again, he's one of those guys that gets his kids to make the game really difficult for your kids. And every single thing you do, uh, you never get comfortable. You never get into a rhythm. You know, everything you do is contested. Um, they compete at a very high level, and you know, again, if you look at his roster, he doesn't. I wouldn't say he has the most talented roster in the state, but you could put him up against anyone in terms of compete level, they, you know, and, and their ability to defend and rebound and just get after it. What they've gotten this year is scoring out of Patrick Yudkin and and Tarlington and uh, Jack Tarlington, and that that's what they didn't have last year. They didn't have that scoring. And funny story from a couple of years ago is. Um, I had coffee with uh, Jim Mulvey, and he was talking about his. Fir- I wanted to talk to him about his first year in Division One, which he he won the championship that year, beat your great team in the in that unbelievable semifinal game that year. And yeah, thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> it was an unbelievable, it was an unbelievable game, uh, and uh, and nobody else was close with him. Um, but uh, he said the funniest thing was how much he respected good Tim Goodridge and how he said everybody was like, oh, I'm telling you, your Clippers, you're going there. They're going to they're gonna control the pace, and it's going to be in the 40s. And <laughs> Jim said he was like, <clears throat> he's like, like we're going to run our stuff. He's like, we're going to score 70 points over there. He goes, I looked up the other game. We won 46-41. I was like, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> yeah. He got yeah. me. And that's what they do. They, they, you know, and they're just tough, 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 and they're so well-schooled. And, um yeah, I think Merrimack has a very good shot. The thing with Goffstown is, first of all, the future is very bright. That Aiden O'Connell is the son of um, uh, Jeff O'Connell, who I played in some all-star stuff again in high school. He was a great player at West, pl- went to play at New Hampshire College, now Southern New Hampshire. And Jeff O'Connell's like 6'4". Aiden O'Connell is like 5 nothing. So that kid is going to have like the 4 or 5-inch growth spurt over the summer. And when he does, he's immediately going to be one of the best guards in the state. He's a freshman, and he's already very good. But they... They had Derek Stekowicz get hurt for them, the big man for Goffstown who can stick it. I'm not sure if he's coming back this season. That's a big loss for them. Jack Kelly's really good at getting a hoop. T.J. Dutton is kind of their glue guy. And they got a point guard, a sophomore, Robinson uh, Baghetti, who is uh, really good. Remember, they took Portsmouth. We're talking about how good Portsmouth is, and we're all correct saying that. Goffstown took him overtime at Stone Gymnasium, and 
I was saying to the boys, I, I've literally covered one game ever on New Hampshire Sports Page where Portsmouth lost at home. That sounds ridiculous, but that's actually true. I can't even remember yeah, which one that would have been. They lost to Exeter last year. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, and, and like a great game. So anyway, so first of all, Gosstown ain't going anywhere. Uh, Ryan, as, as Jay mentioned, is one of the best young coaches in the state of New Hampshire, and uh, I think they feel like they match up all right with Merrimack. I, I like Merrimack in that one, but uh, I don't think Gosstown hates that matchup either. Yeah, I've been talking to Ryan today, this morning when I saw him at the JV tournament. He, you know, he's, you know, he's had a good season, and I, and I think they'll go into that game very well prepared and and uh, you know confident that they they can you know give Merrimack all they can handle, if not more. You know, they, that that's a tough game for both teams. Merrimack, the uh, who would you consider the dark horse here? In the, uh, in the tournament. Would it be Merrimack? Can a six seed be a dark horse? I don't know if they can be. Oh, boy. Um, uh, David, go ahead. I haven't come up with anyone yet. I, I mean, I, I, I do think... I, I do think you got to watch for Bedford. You know, uh, Bedford is a possible team that could shock Portsmouth. Um, Alvern has been, you know, really good at the end. They didn't match up great with Portsmouth that one time, but I, I do believe that Winnicott or South could could beat Exeter. I do believe yeah. that. I, I do think that that could be your stunner. Obviously, is I do think that either South or Winnicott could beat Exeter. So I, that would be my dark. And Alvern did beat Exeter this season. So if they if Alvern makes a little run, yeah. I, I guess you you wouldn't be able to knock us over with a feather, right? They wouldn't be able to play him to the finals, though. But, but I mean, I'm just saying, if, they, if if Alvern goes on a run here. Oh, no, say, no, yeah. no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, Jack DeWitt and uh, Liam O'Neill has really kind of come on, and I think that's changed their team a little bit. You know, the 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 size he gives them down low, his ability to score, he can step out. Um, I think that's made them a, di- a different team. But, no, they've been uh, they've been really good. Marty's done a good job over there. So, uh, be- so Bedford, Alvern, what do you think of that one, Jay? Uh, that's, that's an interesting one, too. I mean – Bedford's, you know, talented. They've got good athletes. The O'Neill kid is as good as anyone we've seen this year. Um, you know, his size and his ability to shoot from the perimeter make him a tough matchup. What, what impressed me about him this year is his willingness or his added ability to post up. He wasn't just looking to attack from the perimeter. He was, he was mixing it up, and that makes it really hard, a really hard matchup for a lot of teams because if you, you try to go big on him, he's going to go by you. You know, from the perimeter, and if you try to go small, he's going to post you up. So I, I was impressed with that. He he definitely is. He's improved dramatically, and and his ability to score through contact, you know, makes him a tough matchup for. But then he's surrounded with other good athletes. You know, it's not like it's just him by himself. It's oh my, that's Tim, a good basketball team. Tim Green shot the shot the heck out of it against you guys. Tim Green, oh, he I killed think us. Six, he absolutely six, he absolutely six, killed three. us. And I, I like Connor Butts a lot. Their point guard. He's. I like that kid a lot. He makes good decisions. He can shoot it. He can get to yeah. the rim. He he kind of he has a really good sense of when to push the ball and when to pull it back out and set the offense. And uh, you know, I really he plays like a floor general. And looking at this matchup, I I just realized we covered this game during the regular season. Pete did. I wasn't there, but Bedford uh, beat Alvern at home. I think it was by like ten. It, it, it wasn't a. It was a pretty good game. But we we actually covered this game during the season. So um, interesting that they're playing each other again. And Alvern's, you know. At every position, they're they're not only are they at, they're big and athletic, but they're strong. Yeah, I remember going earlier this season. We went over there and we were we played a pretty good game. We were able to beat them on the, at their place. But you look at that lineup, and he's got some men on that yeah. team. You know, they're they're strong. Those kids have been in the weight room. They get after it. And it's funny how Alvern traditionally always has you know rugged kids on on their yeah. roster, but 
this year is no exception. You know, between O'Neal and the Manzi kid and um, some of the other kids on the team, they, you know, they can really um, defend and, and, you know, clog up the middle and rebound. You know, so if they, if they can turn it into that style of game, um, you know, Alvern could, could knock them off at Bedford. Yep. Yeah, and then uh, the last one is obviously that 8-9 game. So you just played South recently, beat them in a close one uh, at home and get them again. I know that you have a lot of respect for Nate Masrall, and uh, and they've been very good this season, South has. Yeah, you know, Nate and I have known each other since we were probably teenagers at UNH. Um, started playing, <laughs> played a lot of pickup ball with Nate Masrall, you know, back in the uh, mid-90s. Uh, so I've known him for a long time, and, and he and I have remained close over the years, and uh, I do. I have an awful lot of respect for him as a, as a coach and as a, as a teacher and as a guy. And um, you know, his, he's had a good season. He's he, again. You know, we played him two weeks ago, and we went to see him play again last night. He's got good athletes. They run good stuff, and and uh, you know, they play solid defense. And you know, the Nyan Tenji kid. You know, having seen yeah. most of these teams, almost all these teams, he's as good as anybody. I mean, he he's very smart. Yeah. He's fast. He's athletic. He shoots it. You know, he can get to the rim. He he's a very difficult guard. Like you you have to you have to game plan around him. You know, but meanwhile he's got the the Hallfacker brothers who are both good. He's got the big kid in the middle. He's got some uh, uh, the shooter on the perimeter, and he's got kids who come off the bench who who can guard and get out and transition and run, and they run their sets really well. So it it it's a uh, you know we were lucky and fortunate enough to beat them in overtime in our place uh, with a couple guys injured. So it, it'll be you know it, it's a tough game. It, it is a tough game for us. So you know we'll be you know part of the reason we were there last night is to scout again and see if they're doing anything different. And, and uh, you know. I don't think there's any team on in in the top eight or that says could look through that the, you know fifteen the nine through fifteen teams and say I want to play them. Yeah. You know I don't know if there's any coach. They, there's so much parity in the league this year and you know I, I, Central's fifteen. I don't know any coach that's saying yeah I'd like to play Central this year in the tournament. You know it's just that's how it is. Yeah. Um, so say I mean South is South and and you know we'll have our guys ready to play and. Maz will have his kids ready to play on Wednesday, so we're anticipating a, a a tough game and a competitive game, and we're happy it's at our place. And um, but it it it's going to be a, a challenge for us. D one's always fun like yeah. this. The D one tournament's always you you know you really can't anticipate who's going to beat who. And uh, McIsaac and I were talking about it. I think six or seven podcasts ago, which was three days ago. Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday. <laughs> And how, you know, we've seen when Romps went with Dover and, and beat uh, Rob McLaughlin's Salem team, who was the two seed that year. I remember way back Jeff Holmes at Exeter going into Trinity and beating Richard Merdahl and, uh, and Trinity. Uh, uh, yeah, Exeter beating Trinity. And, uh, we uh, of course, uh, Ronnie Silva and that Nashua North team who beat Central, uh, number two seed with Joey Martin over there at Central, and then went on and beat South. In the quarterfinals, and then led Pinkerton, and then led Pinkerton in the, in the semis. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember yeah. that game because the the blind scouting report. Uh, they all the coaches gave North a real good chance to win that game. The Pinkerton parents were not happy about that, and uh, it was really funny. They got angry about it, and then at halftime they were. I think they were down seven. I'm like, well, it seems like they knew what they were talking about. <laughs> yeah, but uh, right. but anyway, so it, you could just see it. And and the thing with Division One is. 
when you uh, in other sports or in lower divisions, you see maybe a, a big upset in the first round, but that team usually can't knocks the wind out of the sails. Like in baseball, you might have a good pitcher, you know, and, and then the next they lose like fourteen to one in the next round because they don't have anybody. In D one, those teams are all capable of going of winning another one. I mean, that's kind of the deal with D one. There's so much parity and there's talent all over the place, you know. I mean, look at the teams that didn't get in. There's talent at those teams, you know. Yeah, I mean, so. absolutely. I think Dover was I, a team potential could have knocked a couple people off. So I mean, it's it, absolutely. It's deep. I keep looking as I'm looking at my my stuff here. One of the things that I keep <laughs> catching my eye is Goffstown. Yeah. At Eleven. You know, they they Exeter beat them by two. I think at their place. Yep. And overtime. You know, Portsmouth and overtime. Overtime against Portsmouth. Yeah. You at know that, that that's a scary eleven. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I think Salem is too, and you know, on down. Wasn't that long ago where eleven seed almost won the whole thing? Dover got to uh, the finals against Portsmouth. Were they at eleven seed? Yeah, yeah. eleven seed in the dream. Come on, man. Don't remember the hashtag. I, I think I think that that year that North played Pinkerton. I think they were the eleven at that time too. No, they were the fifteen. Oh, they were. Yeah, they beat uh, oh, okay. Central was the two seed. They were the fifteen seed. Oh no, kidding! And you just don't see that, and like no, Farmington's not going up and beating Newmark in the first round and stuff like that. You just don't see that in other divisions, and that's why it's you have seen it uh, in D two once in a while. John Stark went and beat Lebanon a couple years ago, but um, it's fun for Division one. It's the best you know tournament as far as parity of all of them, and uh, you know my example would be this: like uh, I'm just picking randomly. Wyndham could definitely upset Keene, absolutely positively, and then they could easily go and beat BG in the next game if that's who they play. I'm just, it's why it's fun. Yeah. I mean, you never know who you're going to see there at Eon It's going to be uh, a battle. Yeah, I'd be looking for the uh, eyeball emojis above uh, scores on Wednesday night. Who that's is for sure. uh, who does Spalding have in the first round? Oh, that's what well, you know. For the first, you know, your team plays good one year, Dave, and all of a sudden you're rubbing salt in my wounds. <laughs> just for the first time in like a decade, they're not in like the playoffs. A, I, 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 How I am, dare you? I am not acting like I've been there before. How dare no, you? You rarely do. All right, so it's, uh, it should be a nutty tournament like it always is. And uh, thanks to Jay McKenna. No, no thanks for not coming to the uh, punk show. I'm taking Cam two on the fifteenth, but you're, you you know what things change. You're still welcome to come, uh, Jay. But uh, I appreciate that. I'll be hopefully still in the the midst of tournament right. preparation. So. Ho- hopefully you're getting ready for for another big game. And, uh, and that's right. So yeah, we look forward to the D1 tournament, which kicks off Wednesday night. I will be in the Upper Valley that night, Dave Haley. Uh, Pete Terrier, I, I think right now is scheduled to do a game on Wednesday night. Possibly yep. me. I'm going to definitely, we're going to do two quarterfinal games. We know that. Are you around to do a quarterfinal game Saturday night? Saturday night. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm off the board Saturday night. We'll either be, uh, I'll either be at the Spalding girls uh, playing in the D2 oh, okay. championship or the D1 girls championship at UNH. So one or the other. Who's Spalding play? Uh, they're playing Bishop, Bishop, Bishop Brady. Brady. By the way, Jen Chick, the, the franchise called that upset on the podcast. She did. Yeah. Well, listen. She's amazing. She is amazing. She's you know amazing. who's amazing? Jay McKenna for na- nailing yeah. this. Thank you, buddy. Thank you guys. I appreciate being on and thanks for everything you do for our sport and, you know, making it exciting for fans and kids, and it, it's it's been great. Yeah. Thanks for having me. No, we appreciate your support, always, always. All right, there Likewise. you have it.